let's start off by clarifying something. In modern astrology, it's typically accepted that the overall ruler of the chart is the ruling planet of the sign of the ascendant. That's it. It's that simple and it's pretty cut and dry. I think we all know by now that I'm rooted in the Hellenistic tradition though, and sometimes things differ between modern and traditional astrology. Now, I'm not vying for one practice over the other. If you practice modern astrology and you fully believe that the rising sign's ruling planet is the ruler of the chart, then we're good. No need to go any further. That's done. That's awesome. I fully support that. But if you'd like to learn who I believe the ruler of the chart to be, or you just want to explore traditional astrology more, then this episode is for you and let's just dive in. You babes often have heard me say that I'm ruled by Mars, which can be really confusing for people sometimes because they know I'm a Libra rising. So in the past, up until I've done this episode, I've gotten messages from people where they're like, how is your ruling sign or your you know ruling planet Mars? I thought you were a Libra rising, blah, blah, blah. Well, since I don't believe the ascendant is the ruler of my chart, that's why I always say that Mars is my ruler and not Venus, which those are two like totally different energies. And as Venusian as I can be sometimes, I am honestly way more Martian just all around. So let's talk about how to figure out the ruler of the chart. I'm going to describe this as accurately and as clearly as I possibly can. The process of finding the master of the nativity, which I'm just going to call the master from now on, it can be a little messy, especially if you're newer to astrology. It can be a little, uh, I'll just say messy. It can be a little hard to delineate and follow, but I really am going to try to do it as uh, concise and clearly as possible. I highly recommend having your birth chart in front of you while listening to this. Pause, take notes, write things out and look at your chart while I'm explaining how to go about finding the master. There's a few steps to go through to find everything that we need to get, all the information, all the information we need to gather. There's a few ways and things we have to look at, but let's just start with the predominator. Once we go through how to find everything, I'm going to explain why I think it's so important and what these placements tell us. The master of the nativity has kind of changed the way I look at astrology and birth charts just overall. So I think it's extremely important. And whether you believe the ascendant is the master or whether you believe what I'm about to tell you is the master, either way, whoever rules the chart is very important. So this is something that I think is really worth diving into and figuring out. So let's start with the predominator. The predominator is the one who leads us to the master. The predominator is one of three placements. It's either the sun, the moon, or the ascendant. The ascendant is chosen only in the instance of there being a tie between the luminaries. Typically, it will always be either the sun or the moon that is the predominator, but there are instances where there is a tie between the two and it just defaults to the ascendant. To find the predominator, we have a checklist of three things that we want to look at. We want to look at the sect of the chart, the angular houses, and then the more eastern placed luminary. 
So let's go over these three <laughs> qualifications or this little checklist in detail. We'll start with sect. The luminary that matches the sect of the chart overall is going to be favored. That means if you have a day chart, give a point to the sun. And if you have a night chart, give a point to the moon. The master is typically the one that matches the sect of the chart. That's it. That's the first little checklist that we're going to look at. Next thing is house placement. Angular houses hold a lot of weight in a chart. They're said to be really impactful houses, and they act almost as anchors in the chart. I know we haven't talked about houses yet, so I'm just going to tell you that the angular houses are 1, 4, 7, and 10. If the sun or the moon is in an angular house, they are going to be strongly considered as a candidate for the predominator. I also want to mention that if both the luminaries, so if both the sun and the moon are in cadent houses, which those houses are 3, 6, 9, and 12, then the ascendant automatically becomes the predominator. I would say that house placement is probably the top qualifier that we're looking for here. So if you have luminaries that are set in cadent houses, which cadent houses, they're important because all houses are important, but they don't have weight like the angular ones do. So if your luminaries are both in cadent houses, we automatically default to the ascendant. Lastly, we have eastern placement in the chart. The luminary that is more eastern facing gets a point towards being the predominator. And just to clarify, east in the birth chart is towards the first house because the first house is the horizon. You know, the sun, it rises in the east, it sets in the west. So the eastern part of the chart is near the first house. Out of these three qualifications for the predominator, again, being in an angular house is top dog. And then matching the sect is the second biggest qualifier. So those two, if you have an angular house and it matches the sect, those are going to be really, really important. The eastern placement of the luminary is kind of there just to break the tie between the two, as far as I can really tell. It's more about house placement and matching sect light. This is just one of the many reasons that I say sect is important and why I love it so much. Sect is such an easy concept and such an easy thing to look at, but it tells us so much. And if you haven't listened to the episode on sect, I recommend you go and do that before you continue any further with this so you can really understand what sect is and why it's important. So once we have gone through that checklist and we figured out which luminary kind of has the most points between angular houses, sect light, and being more eastern, then we have the predominator. We're good to go. Then we can figure out the master of the chart. So the master of the chart is the domicile ruler of the predominator. Let's look at my chart as an example to explain what that means exactly. I have a night chart and my moon is in the seventh house. So that's two big points for the moon, which pretty much automatically makes it the predominator. Even though my sun is more eastern facing in the chart, it's in a cadent house, so it doesn't really get any points. It's not in the same sect light. It's not in an angular house, so it's the moon. The moon gets it. It's in the seventh house, and it's in the night chart. Bam, that's it. That's the predominator. The sign my moon is in is Aries. The domicile ruler of Aries is Mars, which makes Mars the master of my chart. So see, that's not so scary, right? 
So, say your predominator was the sun in Gemini. The domicile ruler of Gemini is Mercury, so Mercury would be the master of your chart. Or if you had the moon in Aquarius as your predominator, then Saturn would be the master of your chart, and so on and so forth for all the different placements and signs that there are. All right, so now that we have the predominator and the master figured out, are you babes ready to kick it up a notch? Because there is more. It's not that simple. There is a little bit more to it. The master has their cabinet of planets that work with them to see that their agenda is carried out. So if you're ready and you feel really comfortable and like you figured this out, then let's move on to the co-master and the Lord. So if you got the master down, the co-master's a piece of cake. The co-master is simply the bound ruler of the predominator. And I know that sounds really simple to me, and I might be taking that for granted, and some of you might be like, what the fuck did you just say? What is a bound ruler? So this is getting into something called bounds or terms. The word bounds and terms are interchangeable. And I'm not going to go super in-depth to them right now, but they're kind of similar to decans in a way, kind of, a little bit, not really, but kind of, if you want to have some sort of frame of reference. The bounds help to refine the way in which a planet behaves depending on the ruler. To make this really simple and to have a really easy way to see your bounds or your terms, go to astro.com and create a chart but make sure you make it with Egyptian terms. When you uh, create it, like when you're in the settings, check for the box that says terms or bounds and make sure you make it with Egyptian terms. This should add five unequal segments to each of the houses and each of them will have a different planetary glyph. Once you do that, look to where the predominator is in your chart. In my case, it would be the moon in the seventh house. And then you're gonna see which bound or term that this falls under. And that's it. That's the co-master. You just look and see like, okay, it's in, you know, the Mercury bound or the Venus bound. And that's all. That's all it is. That is the co-master of the nativity. And then last but not least, we have the Lord. And to find the Lord, we're going to need to remember those angular houses. So I hope you wrote them down, you have them memorized, or that you were just paying really close attention. To find the lord of the chart, we need to look to the domicile ruler of the midheaven. If the domicile ruler of the midheaven is located in an angular house, then that's the lord. If it's not in an angular house, then we look to see if there's any planets located in the midheaven's house. If still nothing, then the lord is a planet located in the 11th house. If still nothing after that, then there's some debate on where to go from there. But I would say that if none of those apply to you up to this point, then the domicile ruler of the ascendant becomes the Lord. I'll give you an example because that seems a little bit like, what the fuck did you just say again? So what I mean is, my midheaven is in Cancer. So that means the moon. The moon is in the seventh house in my chart, which is an angular house making the moon the lord of my nativity. So I'll give you an example that's not me. If your midheaven was in Pisces, and then Jupiter was in the fourth house, because Jupiter is the ruler of Pisces, that would make Jupiter your lord. But if Jupiter was in the fifth house, 
then we would move on to the next step of the process because the fifth house is not an angular house. So even if Jupiter is not in an angular house, then we move to the next step of the process, which would be we look to see if there's any planets located in the midheavens house. So maybe Mercury's there for you. And then that would make Mercury your lord. And if there's no planets in the midheavens house, the third step again is looking at the 11th house and seeing if there's any planets in there. So that's how you get the lord. The lord is kind of, I feel like, the most convoluted, the most wishy washy, and the most debated. But as far as I can tell, you should be able to find the Lord through those steps. So there you babes have it. Those are the heavy hitters of your chart and who I actually believe to be in charge. We have the master, the co-master, and the Lord. And this brings us to the question of uh, why am I so adamant about the master of the nativity being the ruler and not simply the ascendant? It's partly because of the Hellenistic tradition and knowing what the master stands for, and also just seeing it play out in my life. The master is the agenda setter. Whenever I think of the master, I think of the force that casts the lot that is your birth chart. It's like your chart contains the agenda of that planet. That planet's energy is imbued throughout every corner of your chart. You can easily access that planet's energy, and it should feel really familiar to you. Whether you have a lot of it in your chart or not, it doesn't matter. And just looking at my example, Mars being the ruler of my chart, I only have an Aries moon. That's it. That's really the only Martian placement I have besides Pluto and Scorpio, but that's a generational planet, and I don't really count that as much towards a lot of things. So that being my only planet in Aries or Scorpio, that Martian energy, you wouldn't think it would have a big effect on me, but it truly does. And it is in everything I do. So that's the master. The master is the one that sets the agenda and really is kind of the life force that flows through you as a person. The co-master is the master's right hand. They're the overseer of the master sort of like a checks and balances system. It's someone kind of to keep them in check and be like, hey, you know, yeah, I get this is your agenda, but maybe we should balance things here, do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. In my case, though, the master and the co-master are both in Mars, so it's truly lawless around here. I have so much Martian energy, I really don't know what to do with it. I, I do now that I've worked with it and I try to channel it in proper ways. But when I was younger, it was definitely very, very reckless. And I see that now looking back. And this is just another reason why I think the master of the nativity, the co-master, the Lord, they're all so important. And they can really give you a lot of insight to your life and your psyche, your chart, all of it. They give you so much insight if you learn to work with them. So that's the co-master. The co-master is just kind of like the right hand of the master. Then we have the Lord of the Nativity. The Lord has the super important job of carrying out the Master's agenda. It presides over how we use the Master's energy. So using me as an example again, Mars is my Master and also my co-Master, so very Martian agenda. My Lord is the Moon. So that means a Martian agenda carried out via lunar means. All of these placements together can help us discover our purpose, our destiny, or our will. I know that Mars will always be present in all that I do, 
and uh, I should learn to harness as well as temper that energy. And while Martian energy will always be abundant for me, I should look to the moon on how to harness it and channel it. The best way that I can describe it for myself and my personal experience with this energy is that I have the ability to be extremely Martian, but I should choose to cultivate compassion. I'm almost aggressively compassionate, if you will. How your co-master, master, and lord play out for you will be extremely personal. If you do figure out these placements, I recommend really sitting with them and getting to know them. Look at the entirety of your chart and think, what was the master planning? And uh, how can the Lord channel this energy? How would the Lord channel this energy? Sure, an astrologer can help you and point you in the right direction, but I really think it's worth reflecting on your life and what you feel in your soul that your destiny is when you're trying to connect with the master and the Lord. This concept is really spiritual in my opinion. This episode definitely had a bit more of a spiritual tone than I normally get into, but I am an extremely spiritual person. I think that's pretty obvious. I think you have to be spiritual on some level to practice astrology. I mean, why are we looking to the stars in the first place if not to understand our fates? and the fates of those around us, and our destiny and what we're meant for in this life. We want to dig deeper, and we want to unlock the secrets, and to do that, you need to put in some work here in the physical. You could learn every single facet of your chart, but if you don't put that knowledge to use, then what was it all for? Like any good Martian, I appreciate when people take action, so go ahead, my babes. Figure out the master, the co-master, and the lord of your chart, And really contemplate what your destiny might be. These are amazing, amazing tools to get the vibe of your chart. And when I say that the master is the kind of the one that has its energy flowing throughout your chart, that doesn't mean that the other planets aren't important because they are. Jupiter is always going to be Jupiter. Venus is always going to be Venus. Saturn is going to be Saturn. Mercury is going to be Mercury. The sun is going to be the sun. They don't change who they are. They're still in their signs, their house. They have their own aspects. But when you're looking at it, keep in mind that just behind the scenes, there was the master of the overall chart saying, okay, you might have Jupiter in the 11th, but you're going to use that. You're going to use that awesome placement to carry out this Martian agenda that I have for you because it is specific to you. You're looking at your placements as a whole and you're saying, okay, I have this Martian agenda and I'm supposed to use lunar means to carry it out. And you look at all your placements and you see, okay, I have a stellium here. I have a yod there. I have some planets in fall here, which that could be a key to something. My Chiron's over there. It's like looking at this beautiful celestial puzzle to help figure out what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and ultimately what your true will is and what your destiny is. This might have been a little bit more spiritual than some of you babes are used to hearing from me. I don't tend to dip my toes in the woo water (laughs) too much. But again, I think you have to be a little woo to uh, want to be an astrologer or want to learn astrology. And you shouldn't be ashamed of that. You shouldn't be ashamed of believing or learning or just wanting to know more. So 
That's that's just my little spiel about this. The Master of the Nativity is a very amazing thing. It's going to teach you and just reveal to you so many things about yourself, and it's going to make sense. And even if it doesn't at first, give it time. Our birth charts aren't going to tell us everything at once. Not everything that we see in our chart has unfolded yet, especially if you are a younger astrologer or you are much younger when you're studying astrology. You're not going to see everything that your birth chart has in store for you right away. It might take a little bit to unfold, so just give it time. And again, if for some reason the master doesn't speak to you, the co-master, the Lord, if none of that makes any sense to you and you fully believe that the ascendant is the ruler of the chart, that's okay too. Because it's all speaking the same language, it's just a different way of delivering it. All systems are valid, whether it's Vedic, modern, traditional, they're all beautiful. They all have their own unique, beautiful things. If you babes are wanting to learn the master, I recommend just sitting down with your chart, really trying to figure it out. And don't give up. Maybe this is my Martian energy speaking, but don't just look at it and say, I don't get it. I can't understand this. I'm going to have someone else just tell it, like, tell me what it is for me. I think that's kind of cheating yourself. You're cheating yourself out of learning and really grasping these concepts and understanding who you are. People can open the doors for you, no problem, but I think you get more value if you try to open the doors yourself, at least for a little while, and then ask for help if you can't figure it out. And that might just be me being a Martian. Again, I'm always here to help because I'm here with my lunar means, moon matters, this is me, you know, it all just kind of fell into place but I will always want you to try first. And that, my babes, is how you find the master of the nativity. If you want more moon content before the next episode, go find me on Instagram at moonmatters.astro or on Twitter at moonmatters. I will see all you babes later. Later.